The COVID-19 lockdown has seen many businesses having to change the way they operate. Many have had to move from an office workspace surrounded by colleagues to their home offices. Uh, with this change into the new normal, there have been a lot of trials and tribulations for all businesses around New Zealand, and Umbrella is no different. Uh, I'm joined now by David Howden, who is the head of cloud here at Umbrella, to discuss what Umbrella has done to adjust to this new normal. Uh, welcome, David. Kia ora, kia ora. Um, good afternoon, Hello. Hamish. Good to be good to be back with you and um, yes. in um, <laughs> in lockdown mode. I, I was just thinking about your question actually just then, and um, realizing mm. that um, even for you, um, things must have changed a fair bit because you are our podcast producer, and yeah. we're yeah. doing this, you know, outside. We're not in the studio anymore, so you know, yeah, a whole sure. not just um, you know, t- touching all of us at the minute, eh? Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, especially with podcasts, obviously we're doing this online over a on an online platform. So, yeah, it's been pretty interesting to see how everything's panned out. But I think we've uh, everyone's sort of just gotten on with it, which is good. So, yeah. All right, let's just jump right into this. So, like, how is, how has Umbrella transitioned to this new normal? I think um, the, I think the the questions are um, the answer is not you know black and white. In my in my mm. view, because the you know humanity, I guess over t- over time is is by its nature quite resilient and, and adaptable. Otherwise, if it wasn't, we wouldn't be here. You know, um, yeah. But looking at how New Zealand has responded to the global outbreak, um, I think is relatively unique, and, and and a lot of people have put that down to the fact of how small the country is, and I don't necessarily buy it. Um, and when we were chatting to David Downs a few weeks ago on another on another podcast, um, you know, we mm-hmm. kind of had a similar view: is that there are plenty of countries around the world that have got four or five million, you know, populations, people populations who um, are not in the same position that we are. And um, you know, you, then you could put it down to the fact that we're an island and can easily control the borders. And there are numerous factors that can say, well, why? How has New Zealand got to such a a strong position? Um, yeah. But in, if everything's relative, and um, for us, you know, on the territory in New Zealand, uh, it's still a huge impact to to us. Um, at the end of the day, it's still twenty as of today. It's twenty people's lives that have been lost, mm-hmm. and the economy is is bouncing is bouncing back. And there is a lot of un, unintended consequences um, that come from locking down the country that aren't just around death count and case count. Um, there's mental well-being to be considered. There's the fact that um, a lot of the health system has been put on pause. So there's a lot of people who have got cancer and other secondary conditions that aren't being treated as well. Yeah. So who really yeah. knows the the whole impact? Um, and and that's just across health. But if if we look at you know the immediate, you know I guess the immediate sphere of influence that that we've got at Umbrella and the customers that we that we work with. Um, I remember drawing this back for the my the leadership team when this whole thing was kicking off and said ultimately our role, regardless of whether it's shiny or sexy or not, is to service the customers mm. that pay us to do our job and to keep the country moving from yeah. a technology perspective. And that yeah. allowed us to make some decisions pretty quickly in terms of what was discretionary about what we were going to do with our time and what was fundamental. And sometimes mm. we do lose perspective about what is what are we here to do um, that yeah. is servicing the country and what are we here to do that's nice to have. Um, and um, yeah, that once we applied that decision-making lens, it allowed the team to get laser focus on how we keep the lights on with um, 
the 90 odd thousand customers that we represent and um right you know then that was the key to i think getting us to into good shape was to give the frame of reference to the to the leadership team and going look Mm. there was a plan prior to a pandemic happening as in we had a business plan we were driving towards it at no point in my you know my plan for the year did i say right in march a pandemic's going to hit Mm. So we altered the yeah. plan. And when yeah. you alter the plan and you realize what your new mission is, which is ultimately protecting your workforce and yeah. secondarily, you know, d- delivering your services out to our custom- customers, um, mm. surprising how quickly you can get stuff done. Yes, exactly. So how has like higher management or what has higher management been doing to keep like employees productive and, you know, just morale high during this time? Um yeah, good question. Um, so I guess the, the concept of higher management isn't really exist at Umbrella. We're a relatively yeah. flat, flat organization. Um, yeah. You know, we employ really strong people who are all mini leaders in their own right at getting their their work done, which is which yeah. is important. Um, yeah. Now, when we when you employ some really solid people who um, you know understand what accountability means, there's there's no not really been a concept for us needing to micromanage throughout the pandemic. Um, okay, and the, pe- the the team have taken on really strong accountability in terms of what it means to get their work done and are prioritized prioritized accordingly. And the business has supported them where we've needed to to cater for external factors such as um, children working from home or reduced hours, and yeah. to to make sure we can support people's you know work life balance if that is such a thing um, mm. these days. So to go back to your original question in terms of you know what the the leadership team employed is that we we kind of carried on as normal in the fact that we we clear indications to the whole of the the organization that we trust you to be able to make the right decisions based on what you're here to do and what your what the new frame of the mission is which is to keep the lights on for customers and mm. make sure we continue to delivering because actually it is quite material and we, we never we never really looked at it as as material as it was but because we support a lot of critical infrastructure for our new zealand businesses if if we are if we're offline, that impacts the ability for services to be yeah. delivered else, elsewhere. And that is, there's quite a responsibility on our shoulders as an essential organization for that. Um, so, um, so yeah, reframing, reframing the mission to make sure that we are sustainable um, in the market and making the right decisions based on um, where we were at at the time of the pandemic hitting. Uh, and also leaning on the fact that the leadership team had built up enough credibility and trust with the whole of the workforce that they would make the right decision. Um, right. Because you can't retrofit um, that kind of culture. You can't just decide to have that culture. The trust is there or it isn't. Um, of course, yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah, for us, it absolutely absolutely has been. And, um, yeah, we're all the better for it. We'll, I think as a country, we'll come out stronger. Yeah. Um, Albeit, we've got to make sure we take um, the whole of the nation into consideration when we come out stronger. It's mm. not not just um, IT companies, you know, like us um, out there. There's multiple different verticals and multiple different industries that will be impacted in in different ways. So we'll be empathetic towards that as we as we go. Hopefully, as a as a nation. Yes, yes, of course. So, would you say just for Umbrella, it's been easy for Umbrella to switch from like working in an office to working from home? Uh, no, no, definitely not been easy. I don't think anyone's had an, uh, an easy ride when it comes to yeah. changing your operating model um, overnight. There are things, there are decisions that we've made uh, and investments that we've made previously that really did help us out. Um, our ability, we were fully set up for remote working for one. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, the ability for our teams to grab their hardware and move to a new location was not was not a challenge for us. Um, the unintended consequence of that was the fact that ergonomically, people were in a different a different environment. Which mm. um, you know, if you're at the office, you haven't got your children running around making noise, and you haven't got you know, your partner at home, and you've got a space which is well set up and ergonomic, and it was the it was the it was the non-operational side of things that uh, was the most challenging for people, um, and yeah. it's it's also not something you can necessarily write policy for either, because yeah, whilst you can have a framework for you know ergonomics and a framework for home working, every individual has got their own personal circumstances which are always always different. Um, mm. And when you consider people's relationship status and their living arrangements um, and whether they've got elderly family at home or not and their geography and their kids and schooling and the age of the kids and whether they can self-teach or whether they need supporting te- supportive teaching. Uh, yeah. And then you've got the, the, you know, the family situation in terms of health and well-being. Um, is everybody healthy at home? Are you caring for mm. someone? Um, and, the, mm. and the fact that the normal support network for those individuals is also locked down as well. Um, yeah. The challenge is how do you blend work commitment and personal commitment, knowing that personal commitment always comes first for 99% of people because that's, mm-hmm. that's the whole allergy of um, living to work and not working to live and all that kind of, yeah. that, kind of uh, that perspective. So um, the largest challenge, I think, I've personally had is creating an understanding of what each individual's scenario is and making sure that the amount of pressure that we put under them for us to maintain our contractual equipment to our customers has empathy for their situation. Mm. Um, And our customers have had empathy for that uh, uh, as well as we'd have empathy for them. So we've, we've done what, you know, the Kiwi spirit is intended, which is all rally together and we'll get there in the end. Um, Yeah. But um, yeah, there, there are companies that were in a lot, more challenging scenarios than as and purely on the investments that we've made you know made historically yeah. in the culture that we've got at the organization yeah for sure so what is do you, what is one thing that you're going to take away from this lockdown sort of as like a learning experience that you'll use to uh prepare for the next potential lockdown situation that we may have um yeah i mean we have um as an IT organization um and a compliant organizer organization we have a really robust business continuity approach which ha- which ultimately means under any scenario how do you keep the business moving and yeah. in terms of operational to deliver your contracts um one thing for me is that whilst you can write policy and plan for those situations we have to continually be evolving to make sure that we are making the most of technology and culture to get the the work done, regardless of what situation that we're in. Yeah. Um, we'll never be in a fully optimal position. You know, I mean, optimal in a you know in a corporation's eyes is that one hundred percent of your staff are one hundred percent efficient all of the time, mm-hmm. and that's never been the case. We have never no organisations yeah. ever had one hundred percent of their staff in operating one hundred percent efficiency. Yeah. The, Reality is, if you read the um, four-day working week book by Andrew Barnes, um, who's an uh, English guy who lives in New Zealand on the four-day working week, which studies pr- productivity in, in massive detail, yeah. you're lucky to get three hours of productivity out of, your, out of an individual in a day due to okay. all kinds of digital distraction. Yeah. So if the normal normality before a pandemic was we were getting 
you know, 40% productivity out of a team. Um, I don't see the the job that we have is how do we go back to pre pandemic ways, but don't slip back into having 40% productivity. We should be at least if we can get to just 10, 20% gains on that, then we will have come out a massively stronger economy than, than, than before. And, And that's the, and that for me is the biggest learning is, what were we doing before that was so inefficient that's allow, now allowing us to see how inefficient we were? And why has it taken a global pandemic for us to learn those, learn those lessons? Um, yeah. I'm a big complainer of it myself. And I'm a, I, I consider myself a relatively forward-thinking individual. However, okay. yeah. I've been complaining a lot about organ traffic like everybody else. Yeah. I've been complaining yeah. about digital distraction. I've been complaining about the amount of meetings that I have. I've been, but yeah, yeah, in this scenario of a pandemic, I'm fully in control of that now because I can, mm. I can, I can fully manage far better now than I ever have done before. And yeah, the traffic scenario has gone away because I'm deciding not to travel. Exactly. And, yeah. And if I'm accountable for my own diary and I'm accountable for my, you know, my own delivery of work, it's not acceptable for me to say I'm too busy. I'm in traffic because I, yeah. should, I should be accountable enough to say I'm not going to travel. So yeah, exactly. it's it's making me re- reassess my you know my own accountability and therefore my team's accountability of where the pain points are coming from, mm. and you know, we've kind of abolished a little bit of language in the team right now. You know the the concept of having back to back meetings, it's just not acceptable to use those words because if you are accountable for your diary management, then don't allow it to get that way. Yeah, exactly. I'm making this sound yeah. easier than it is. I mean, I appreciate yeah. <laughs> that it's not always that easy, but. Um, yeah. You know, we have seen some big le- for specifically for our knowledge workers. We've seen some big gains that can be um, that can be leveraged, um, and we will look to take advantage of them as we go forward to make sure we can mm. not slip back to forty percent productivity. We fully expect and want to be at, if we can get to sixty percent product productivity and there's less time people traveling. Then, amen. Yeah, I'm all I'm all good. Yeah, for that. yeah. Hey, so am I. Well, uh, thank you, David, for coming on to the podcast again. Uh, it's definitely going to be interesting when level three is over and everyone goes back down to level two, just to see how, yeah, the working environment changes because of everything that's happened. So, yeah, thank you again for coming on. Uh, and, always uh, uh, a pleasure, Hamish, and um, stay safe in your extended bubble. Uh, yes, I will. And you too as well. Stay safe. Stay safe.